All right, you ready? Ready. Yeah. All right, here we go. Shirano Suki Sukaki. One. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Two. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Three. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Four. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Five. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Six. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Seven. Shirano Suki Sukaki. Eight. Shirano Suki Sukaki. 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 Hi there, and welcome to the Third Impact Anime Podcast, where we talk about anime video games, and conventions, with a healthy amount of existential dread mixed in. You can find out more about our podcast by following us on Twitter, at T-I underscore anime, or just like us on Facebook to not see our posts, because that's just how it is now. This episode is very spoilery, so definitely keep that in mind. This particular episode may be inappropriate for listeners under the age of 18, Thanks again for stopping by, and enjoy the show! everyone and welcome to another episode of third impact anime hope you're doing well today i'm here with the terrific tobias hey and the beautiful bill how you doing today man i am doing great beautiful alliteration by the way oh thank you thank you i do try so uh austin unfortunately could not join us today but we will still make you or give you a very entertaining uh episode today so, uh, Bill, since you got Tobias and I kind of wrapped up in this mess, you want to go ahead and explain what's going on today? We're going to be talking about a wonderful OVA from the 90s. That's one called... way to put it. <laughs> exactly. Called Sword for Truth. <laughs> Which is, uh, is probably, um, if I had to give a comparison, it's my anime equivalent of the room (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i can definitely see that because i i I think this is sad i don't know proud or sad that i've watched this ova over probably 15 times at this point oh my god bill (laughs) bill are you okay who hurt you you, bill Mostly, it was just introducing people to Sword for Truth multiple times, uh, and just going, "Oh, you have to watch this! This is crazy." You know, and I've got to so say, of all of the anime you would introduce me to, something of this caliber was something I would never expect from you. Well, well, I appreciate the compliment. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get too much into it just yet. I want I want you to kind of give us the kind of the background behind how it came to be and all that good stuff before we really get into the meat of it. Sure. Now, to give some context uh, for Sword for Truth, this was an OVA based on a book series in Japan that was made in 1990. Uh, it was directed by uh, Osami Tez- Osama Tezaki, who is a really well-known um, 
anime director. He directed the first couple Lupin TV specials. He directed Rose of Versailles. He directed a lot of the Blackjack franchise. He directed, or uh, actually co-directed, Space Adventure Cobra. And he also directed the Air and Clan Ad movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, so his his career is very sp- as very spanning and eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> now, when this uh, movie was made, it was right around the Japanese economic bubble. And uh, during the early 90s and 80s, OVAs were coming at rapid fire because there was money to burn. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, in part because of the booming economy. So I think one reason why this... Uh, this wonderful OVA has a pretty lackluster animation budget is because it was probably commissioned during the boom and then the bubble burst and then they said, oh crap, our budget's gone. We need to cut it down in half. Oh no. (laughs) And I think that really plays near the ending because it's not really an ending. (laughs) No, it's not. No, No, it's not. Basically, I think what they were trying to do is we made this one OVA, and if it sells well, we'll keep going. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's absolutely how that feels. But sadly, that did not happen. And exactly. here in here in America, Sword <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Truth was released uh, in I think ninety eight, and it was during the time when Ninja Scroll was the biggest thing on the planet to uh. American fans. And so, basically, once Ninja Scroll hit, everyone tried to find the next Ninja Scroll. <laughs> oh, goodness. And, and so, this is manga entertainment's uh, attempt to find Ninja Scroll. Wow. Uh, with, the, with their wonderful manga UK dub. <laughs> you know, I've never seen Ninja Scroll, but I have a feeling that this just hit it spot on. It was just perfect. It could not have been any better of an adaptation than this uh, this OVA. I They are very similar in tone. So if you really like Sword for Truth and you really wanted some more awesome, you know, Chanbar action, then yeah, definitely go check out Ninja Scroll. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted something probably a little more animated than Sword for <laughs> Truth, also check that out. <laughs> but, but, okay. And a little background of how I found this wonderful treasure was for the longest time stars who owns manga entertainment made a deal with netflix which basically said like all of our content that we own will be on netflix for the longest time hmm. and so sort of for truth was on there and i just randomly put it on <laughs> and i was like huh i wonder what this is about and uh, that's how I discovered this treasure. So, so hold on, Luckily, let me let me get this straight. So you found the best worst anime on a whim? On a whim, I know. Wow, it, it's fine. It's like finding. I feel like a a gold uh, miner looking for gold, and I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess one man's uh, garbage is another man's treasure. So you know. And um, my the last bit is. Don't worry, even though Sword for Truth is off Netflix, no one cares about the rights to this <laughs> movie. <laughs> I mean, I found it on YouTube, so yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yes. You can find the dub and sub in separate videos on YouTube. Although I gotta and, say, the dub is definitely like a national treasure. Like, it's you, it, you just can't beat that. Oh, if you're gonna watch it, 
definitely watch the dub. Yeah, I say to someone who doesn't watch dubs, yes. (laughs) (laughs) The the dub is the way to go. Um, So now that I've gotten the background out of the way, I guess the thing we need to set up is, well, what is Sword for Truth about? And just your guys' general impressions about it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Do you... Okay, from my understanding... It's about this uh, samurai who's part of this uh, secret clan, basically. And uh, he gets kind of wrapped up in this uh, royal family's business. Like, the princess gets kidnapped because they're trying to get this sacred sword from this uh, royal family. And so he gets, uh, he's basically a hired sword for them in order to rescue the princess. And if they have to give up the sword, then they have to do it. But uh, it's, it it's interesting i that's the best way i can put that because it doesn't there's a lot of quick transitions and the main character just does things because why not there's not really clearly explained he's just there kills a guy and moves on it's just it's it's a very oddly paced ova yeah i think sort for truth is what happens when you let a like a 15 year old like you know boy just write a story about awesome samurai <laughs> warriors. This is the kind of like stuff, really like you know, really edgy story with like this badass main character that you know his symbol is these cross sides because hell. <laughs> can't say that. Can't say that in a hell. Yeah, there you let's, go. Let's recut that. So yeah, so like the cross sides is what you get when you you know hell yeah, just this awesome. Uh, you know, the whole symbol of badass. Uh, yeah, you know, I, with like, I, I think... the ninjas and you have like. You know, the women that show up that are just there for, like, you know, for, for, for scenery, really, mm. up until, like, ninjas at the end, which the, you know, you have the, the shinobi, the women ninjas are also equally badass at the end because they're red ninjas, and again, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this OVA is a great example of what people thought of anime in the early to late 90s, of its Japornimation was the title <laughs> anime used to have where it's just like oh it's just gratuitous uh, action scenes and and, nu- and, nudity. and nudity yeah and and i and i should show this to my i probably um this is this is kind of why probably a lot of young boys when they're 15 14 13 are like anime's so cool <laughs> <laughs> But really, if, uh, if you want a good idea of the flavor of the OVA, you really just have to watch the first five minutes with the tiger scene because that really just sets the mood for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly so, what you're getting. <laughs> so basically, in the opening scene, we have this long shot. We have this long bit with this narrator kind of giving the background of the setting. It has been 32 years since the Takogawa Shogun seized but power. But really, that doesn't matter. <laughs> What matters is there's a badass tiger <laughs> that seems to be able to um, pierce, uh, get swords and spears thrown at it, but it's able to deflect them like they're rubber bands. It's not even <laughs> like deflect. It's more like it just bounces off of him. I think there was one scene where some guy just tried to stab him straight up and the sword just shattered. <laughs> Like, I don't know what kind of technology they had back in, but, like, like metal tigers, like, I would I would live in that era. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, and there's just, there's heads and limbs cut everywhere. Oh, my God. The, 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 the blood 
it's not really blood. It's like we couldn't afford the blood, so <laughs> we, we we we'll just have a lot of black. Yeah, and a, a lot of mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of like lines drawn around of like limbs. Like when you first come into the scene, there's a headless body that walks out, but you don't even see like a, a line of a head. It just seems like a a stick with arms walking out. <laughs> And and the scene also gives the first great line. Many what you've never seen, seen a tiger before? It's, it's just an overgrown pussy cat. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that line. Oh, and, and the really cool thing about these dubs is that like the all the voices are very accented, mm-hmm. so it 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 just kind of adds to the flavor to everything. Yeah, like the the best part is that because it's the early nineties. And because uh, we're still in our early stages of getting anime released here, no one knows how to properly pronounce every anyone's name. Oh, jeez. For for example, our main hero Shirane Sukaki. They they always they might call him Sakaki. You must be Shirane Suki Sakaki. They might call him Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> it it's it it it's in constant change depending on the character. Yeah. It, it really is incredible how like it made it really hard to keep up with names because they kept pronouncing him differently every other scene. It was awful. All you need to know is that our main character is in wonderful purple purple robes. He's probably got mascara on, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's basically Samurai Gogo Thirteen, where all he does is I insta kill everybody and every woman that I meet. Wants to instantly have sex with me. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's... kill me while having sex with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, so, after we deal with the tiger who's treated like, we're, we're given hence like it's some s- sort of god or something from beyond, but they don't really go into that. We meet this woman who's basically doing a very simple pickpocket. <laughs> and then as soon as she tries to pickpocket our main character, without a, a thing, a, a spot, uh, our main character is able to basically rip her clothes off in half <laughs> Yeah, in front, of, in front of the public. And also there's some other great dialogue during the scene of like, there's this... Barnum and Bailey like person going, come see the amazing dragon lady. <laughs> that was that was that was pretty memorable. Or or the 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 the, the people among the marketplace are talking about the tiger and how it's killed fifty of the shogun's men, and someone goes, Yeah, you know what I wish that tiger I wish that tiger had killed had gotten my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that too. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! And then, like, uh, like uh, the next scene, she somehow finds him, and like, uh, just goes up into his house. Like, she know she owns the place, and uh, sleeps slash tries to kill him. Yeah, with I, I, basically, I'm gonna I'm going to insert all these lines into the podcast. So don't worry, audience. You're not going to miss a thing. She says, <laughs> she, she says, well, now, Sukaki son, I guess, uh, we'll, I guess we'll see if your sword can do more than just kill tigers. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Oh. Again, like a story written by a 15-year-old, like, <laughs> horny teenage boy. A horny, angsty 15-year-old. Yeah. And and then she tries to kill him, but he's like, what's up? I don't care. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to show you a good time. And then she goes, and she goes like, oh, my God, you're amazing. God. Yeah, I get <laughs> written by a teenage <laughs> teenage boy is exactly the type of thing. Uh, I, I let's see. And then afterwards, what? they get attacked because reasons. <laughs> because he's a badass wandering samurai, and we can't have that. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, so like he barely like he barely finishes you know the act with with this 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 this, this, this woman, mm-hmm. and immediately after ninjas show up, you know, in the graveyard that his little room is in for whatever reason. So that's not ominous with him sleeping in the middle of a graveyard. Or <laughs> yeah, he he pays like a bunch of gold to his landlord, and like here's years rent, and I'm thinking with that amount of money, you got a pretty crappy place of living, like in a graveyard. It's not that big of a place, so I guess you're just trying to be a badass. I guess. I I guess so, but like I, I still can't get over the fact that like he just went out there just like just basically underwear and was like, all right, we'll do this, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't care. But that's his. That's basically his entire mentality of, I I don't care, uh, and just the one thing that constantly happens within these fights especially later is all the fighters he faces have like cool abilities like someone has like the power of spider webs another person is like a weird shaman that can (laughs) throw candles at him oh i forgot about that one so i I will say with some of the like the early early fighting like it's just kind of basic but there was one guy that had like a belt that had spikes on it Mm mm-hmm and there were some pretty well animated deaths, I will say, with that that spike belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that, was, that that was the spider guy. Oh, was it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do. Uh, but he did go to a temple, I think, after he got attacked. Like, killed this one dude because apparently they had like a grudge to settle or something, and then just no, like no, they, they they were testing him to see if he was the one that killed the white tiger. Yeah, yeah and so he six of them. Yeah, and so he killed basically everyone that so he killed the six of the people that attacked him, killed the master, and then just left because why not? Because he got bored or something. They, yeah. they, they basically they they basically said like the head of the clan the look you you killing these six people and like my top lieutenant, uh, you're the guy to go save my daughter, the princess, against the Seki Ninja. <laughs> the Seki Ninja. And so. The Seki Ninja, and so basically, that's that's where he goes forth is to go deal, deliver the Sword for Truth, the sacred, the sacred sword that doesn't really get any screen time. It's basically the MacGuffin of the OVA, basically, right? Uh, where he's trying to save the princess and get the princess back to um, the clan that hired him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is the basic crux, but the the gold, the the solid gold that is that is in this movie, is the stupidity of the fights, and the 
the wonderful uh, dub lines. For example, um, this is later on in the movie. Um, the the princess and our main hero are now in a hotel room, and the or an inn, and the owner of the hotel, of course, has slept with our main character before. Yep. Yep. Of course. <laughs> and she she switches personalities on a dime. Like at first, she's like, "How dare you bring another woman here?" And I thought we had something special. And then she goes, "Oh, come in. I don't mind. You're welcome here anytime." <laughs> And of course, our princess has fallen in love with our main character. Could you love me? I must know if I'm worthy of a good man's love. He tries to keep her away and just say like, But I'm certainly not a good man. And she's like, I don't care. You're really attractive and you're really good with that sword. I killed my parents. <laughs> Am I still a good yeah. person? <laughs> he, does, he's, he admits he killed his mother, father, and little brother, and then we have a little sound clip of his little brother supposedly screaming out in agony. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, I'm sorry, I did not mean to upset you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. But, but probably, and our main antagonist of the movie is Dogen, who's in charge of the Seki Ninja. And the Seki Ninja are basically villains that I would see in a, in a Streets of Rage game. <laughs> With their the way their, char- the, their character designs. Mm. And so, at first, he meets with them, realizing it's a trap. Uh, but luckily, he's able to escape, and out of nowhere, women ninjas come out of Come out of the uh, come out of the forest. Hold on, Bill. You missed a very important scene that would have been oh. vital for the story, and yet somehow equally as confusing. Oh right, I forgot. There is an opium, 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 lesbian sex scene. With the the dove conveys that it's someone from the Seki Ninja and Princess Mayu. Um, but guess what, guys. That's not actually the princess. <gasps> Outrageous! God, is it not? No, <laughs> no, no. That was uh, that was a mistake done by the dub, done by manga U- by the manga UK dub people in mm-hmm. making you think it was the princess, but it's actually not. <laughs> and like the whole situation they set up, like they're drugging her for you know to make her more you know willing to listen to them, makes sense. That that's a pretty common trope. But they don't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why don't. it was really confusing when I first saw it, because I'm like, okay, so they're drugging her to get the sword back, but she's still their hostage, and he's given them the sword, so why did they do that again? And the other thing that makes no sense is there's opium, supposedly candles everywhere, but they're putting the opium in her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how you take all drugs through genitalia, right? That's, that's, that's suppository, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that's how you take LSD. You rub it against your privates, <laughs> up your ass, <laughs> and 
and and and you feel the contact high. That's that's how <laughs> the you contact. Do it. That's a crazy trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, so far you guys have heard of like butt chugging, right? Oh, it's just like God. that, but with opium. No, Tobias. <laughs> Same thing. This is <laughs> but with, you know, opium. this is supposed to be a family show. Um, okay, okay, episode, okay. Let's let's get this out of the way right now. Like, <laughs> this is sword for truth. If a little kid, you know what? I earlier I like self censored myself, but because if you're if you if you've watched Sword for Truth, you can handle a little bit of cursing. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and, that's very fair. And like if, if when I think about it, like the film's not that bloody due to its poor budget, and there's just like the two sex scenes. So if you just took those out, I bet some kid. Would watch this and go like, huh, this is just generic action." Just, just yeah, and and the the sex scenes, neither of them make sense. So like the first one is just like he cuts open. She she tries to she tries to, to you know steal from him. He cuts her robe open. That was obviously a little bit of titillation with you know the actual tits. But then, <laughs> like the, you know, they the, they actually do the deed, but that character doesn't go anywhere by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. That, that's her single point of interaction because later he just goes to the you know the other M, like you said, with the the, you know, the innkeeper that knows him already. So that like the the you have the pickpocket doesn't ever show up again. And likewise, this this opium den scene like doesn't do anything to the story at all. So it's just there for the sake of going extra. And in fact, if if you follow the dub as it is right now, like it makes it everything even more confusing. Well. <laughs> The dub, the dub purposely made it confusing because there was some stuff they had to censor for fear of, mm. I think, um, backlash. Because they mentioned this briefly with the Mitsari cult and how it's they have the Christian symbols. So I think um, the Seki Ninja are secretly a Christian ninja group. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, we couldn't say that because... Well, that's just gonna offend the Western market, and <laughs> we don't want to offend those Christians who are getting their little little Johnny into watching Surf for Truth. So, just to understand, you know, Christian ninjas is is no go, but shoving opium up your hoo ha that's that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But Christian ninjas, no. You know, it's a very fine line. It's it's very curvy, and it doesn't make sense. But it's a it's a line. It's definitely a line. You know, anything to keep to keep the faith going, anything to keep our organization on top and alive, I guess is their mentality. Wow. Okay. It's it's like um, they talk, they there's an episode on Sword of Truth done by uh, uh, Anime World Order where they also compared this to uh, Angel Cop, where they had to. <laughs> censor out that the bad guys were the jews and so i think it I, I, yeah it's, it's, no <laughs> that's pretty bad so i guess they they it's in a similar situation where if we keep things generic enough to just oh they're just a group of ninjas um no one will get offended even though we have this weird Voice ever been talking about the Mitsari cult with the Christian symbols in the background? You know, I th- I feel like that was kind of a mistake because, like, honestly, if they had tied uh, Christianity in there, I'm like, hold up, wait a minute, 
I could be a part of that whole uh, opium up the hoo ha thing if I just convert to Christianity. I'll do that today. I'll go there right now. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, just show up at church yeah. Sunday morning. That's that's what happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank God that. Uh, well, <laughs> I would be careful considering what we were just talking about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, good thing. I wonder how televangelists would approach this. But <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> we should probably move on to the second big group, which is the women ninjas that come out of nowhere mm. to deal, to try and steal the sword and fight Dogen and the and the Seki ninja. Now, at first. I think this is like the one time where there's some genuine animation going on because they're moving mm. the ribbons around, oh, the yeah, swords yeah. are flying everywhere. Mm. Yeah, I think the whole ribbon, the whole ribbon action scene was the one notable animation that I noticed. Yeah, where they they're doing really well against the Seki Ninja, where they're doing acrobatic tricks and they're just taking care of business, and then they go deal with Dogen. Who I'm trying to think of a physical comparison like Zongief? He's probably Zongief from Street Fighter. Actually, yeah, that's really good. I was gonna I was gonna throw out a, a Street Fighter suggestion. Good call. <laughs> Where at first they struggle with him because he grabs all the ribbons that has kind of confined him and then swings the women ninjas around like <laughs> like a um, piece of candy or a toy, just and around and around. And then the women ninjas get the upper hand and stab him through the neck, stab him through the stomach, and st- stab him in multiple places. And they're able to grab the sword. But somehow, some way, he's able to, with his sheer power his and His body speed, eats <laughs> the swords. I, I've never seen... Okay, I've seen quite a bit of anime, probably not as much as the rest of the group, but I've seen my fair share of really weird stuff, and I have yet to see a body just consume metal. I that was just, and it wasn't like through the mouth. No, it was just it was just like wherever uh, the stores were at, it just just like ate what was in there and then pushed the rest out. It was like a metal splinter removal. It was weird or, or broke it, like. Through his sheer muscles, he broke the sword that was stabbed through his neck. <laughs> yeah. And Dave just pushes it right out. And not like you know, the, the normal way, just like out the exit wound. Yeah. But pushes it through his neck. <laughs> and that's ki- and, and that's why, kids, you never skip neck day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and the other thing, too, is like he doesn't bleed. When he stabbed, no, it just it just all. went straight through like silly putty. It was that's that's the best way I can describe the way his body moved. It was just like what if silly putty, but really excited silly putty. <laughs> and the thing that makes me laugh is no one knows that they're women ninjas, and until of course there's like an exposed breath scene. Amazing. You're all women ninjas. This seems to be a common trope in anime. Like, if you are a woman and you are a fighter, even if you have the figure of a woman, no one can tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, no. But, the, but then the best part is, 
when he gets free, he goes berserk, just charging at them, and then basically treats them like ragdolls. Oh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, like, one one woman ninja just runs at him full speed, and with his sheer fist, is able to knock the head off the body. You know, I, I never thought I'd see such a level of domestic abuse in an anime until that moment. And it gets worse, like, he grabs one of the bodies and basically just splits it in half. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he does. That was another brutal one, or um, how he basically does a Mortal Kombat, like, puts his hand through the the upper body. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. That was that was particularly bad. I feel like with that whole fight scene, they're really going for, like, a Fist of the North Star influence. Yeah. With both, like, his actual rippling muscles and both the sword-eating thing and... From there, the the supreme ultra violence, very very <laughs> fist the North Star. Uh, with you, um, <laughs> and then we, our main hero, Serana Sukakaki. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep adding syllables. <laughs> it's okay. Has to fight distinctive. Fighters for from the Seki Ninja. The Beatles, like, basically. What if the Beatles, but literally? <laughs> yeah, basically. Where at first, like as I mentioned before, there's a spider one where he's able to shoot web out of this mask that he's wearing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And the they, they kind of show the mask. They they like zoom in on a second when it starts to operate it. Mm-hmm. But just as soon as we really get a chance to look at this guy. Like sword through the face. Yeah, like Over. like through that respirator Gosh. that he's spitting the web out of. I I think that's like the one cool like fi- final pose within the fight scenes that I love so much because at first he's like he's firing off all his webs and you see the webs are surrounding the sky like there's some bright light and so you're thinking how's he gonna know where to go but somehow he's able to run straight towards the spider the spider ninja and pierce his sword through the mask with the webbing surrounding him. It was it was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, then what was next? The pawn monster? Yeah. It was the, the it was basically is the fish man. Um uh, where our prince Princess Mayu, Princess Mayu's clan has sent some soldiers over to uh, guide them back. And the fishman easily takes them out. Although, I don't feel bad for their deaths because they're dumb enough to get off the boat. To jump out of the boat. To be fair, only one of them did. But yeah, the second I did that, I'm like, why would you do that? You just you just gave him the advantage. Now he has the high ground. We've covered this, guys, many times. And... The other thing is, the fish man is not that smart. Like, at first he's really clever, like, using the water in his surroundings to take um, the lesser fighters out. But and then, then he jumps he out of Sukumikimaki and just completely exposes himself. Like, I just... And, like, a lot, a lot of them seem to do that, to just put themselves in a situation <laughs> where they're just easily vulnerable for no reason. You know why I, I bet that is? I bet what happened 
when they were making Sword for Truth, they realized during our budget crunch, this is the one action scene pose that we have made. We need to reuse this over and over <laughs> again. Yeah, it's like you think. I think, uh, like I think they were thinking like we designed all these awesome villains and here yeah, they're awesome attacks and how they they do things. But our main character, you know, Sakukikaki, is just <laughs> like he he's just like the one dude with the sword and like how many how many different ways can you cut things? Not a whole lot. So let's just put them in situations where you know they they do something stupid and he can just easily dispatch them with one slash. I, my favorite specialty fighter they have is the weird kind of witch doctor oh, with all the candles. Yeah, that was. I feel okay. I I know there's a lot of like um, uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's there, there's a a mild fantasy element to all of the whole story, but like that part took the cake. Like that was just <laughs> just we're, we're okay. We're in the occult. We're all in. All right, let's do this. <laughs> where I love it, like his animations are great. Where he's basically jumping on the candles like a frog on a lily pad, chanting "On and about Tiki Sabaka." And then for a while, he uses a smart technique of "I'm going to fire the candles at Shirada Shukaki and Princess Mayu," and. By doing that, he'll have to deal with them, but also one of them might hit the boat, causing them to get in the water, making him uh, lose his ground, mm-hmm. yeah. which I thought was pretty smart. But and then, then he, he closes does... the distance, and says, Sasuke can just kill him in one swing. It's like, it's like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, if if I had to do an, an FMV to this wonderful treasure of an OVA, I'd have somewhere... This the it's song um I forget who it's by but I know the chorus where it, it says he's going the distance oh yeah I think that's by Cake I think something like that yeah I know exactly what song you're talking uh, about I I think you're right um <laughs> all of them basically want to do a go long one final blow pose even yeah. though they're strapped are actually pretty sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, you have this. You had to create this dramatic tension because you again you have this fifteen-year-old writing the story. <laughs> that, you, know, you have to have you have this badass main character that's just badass because the narrator wrote him as badass. <laughs> like it's just right there in the story. You're like Shirazuki, you colon bad dot ass. <laughs> again. He's go go thirteen. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like uh, what, what's what's the guy's name? Duke is it Duke from Gogo Thirteen? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, Duke. Duke is yeah. his name. So, like, I feel like at least he's like he at least is a little mysterious and a little genuinely badass. But Shirunosuke is just eh, he's just generic. What are you talking about? He's a ninja with the size of death. Which is the actual, literally translation of the OVA. Sword for Truth was the name that the manga entertainment came up with. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so he's just like this generic badass guy. Like you said, he's got the mascara because hell yeah, because it looks <laughs> awesome. He just dispatches all the bad guys that are much more interesting. You know, much have much better you know uh, combat tanks than he does because 
again. He's the main character, mm-hmm. and he does it. Oh, I forgot. We're forgetting one other character trait of Shirana Tsukakaki <laughs> is is during during the fight with the tiger. They do this weird scene where it's just a piercing look at his blue eyes, mm-hmm. and it's this weird kind of glowy blue effect where it looks like they're laser beams <laughs> wanting to come out <laughs> and just go full ham on the on the on the tiger so that's his other character trait but (laughs) but back to the story so so what happened (laughs) next after the the candle guy to soy sauce and princess mayonnaise (laughs) what happened well then we have this weird scene where we meet um a I think another member oh, of the Koga clan. Right, right. I remember now. There was a there was mm. an assassination attempt going on with a, was it like the uh, one of the police chiefs or police sergeants or like special investigators kind of we deal? We don't really know. The problem is the manga UK dub has limited voice actors, so they reuse the same actors for different characters, which causes confusion. Yeah, I, <laughs> you smell of blood. Yeah. So as he's walking along the street, our investigator, our Koga Ninja Lieutenant, and this character that looks straight out of Fist of the North Star <laughs> is walking by, and our investigator says, "You have the, you have the smell of death on you," <laughs> and that basically means to our Fist of the North Star character. Well, I guess I have to kill you now. Since you know, I truly do. I wasn't sure. Like, I thought that, like, this other ninja guy. I thought he was like a bodyguard for the guy he ends up killing. Yeah, he was. He was a bodyguard double like, agent kind of thing. Right, like they had sent. They had sent. Like, I am here to protect you. And at first, when they have their fight, he's um, our investigator goes, huh. Karate, a eh? no <laughs> jujitsu. Actually, he just he, well, actually, he, just, he doesn't even say it like he doesn't say it like a big like awesome like comeback. He's just like, oh yeah, no, it's jujitsu. Actually, it's just a throwaway, <laughs> a throwaway correction. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they added that line because at the time, no one knew what jujitsu was. Oh jeez. So. So it sounds like a mysterious fighting technique. So good on you, Monkey UK dub crew. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I think everything in this movie is a mysterious fighting technique. Let me get right down to it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have our uh, bodyguard slash assassin fight this dude, and he brought a fist of the North Star to a sword fight, which, as you know, means it wins. Yep. Yep. He won. And then our hero is able to return Princess Princess Mayu, Princess Mew, Mew the Pokemon, <laughs> to, <laughs> to back to the Koga Ninjas. And at first, it's a bit weird because the head of the clan is dressed in this all-white garb. Yeah. And our hero acknowledges, you're dressed, why are you dressed for a funeral? And his logic our leader makes no sense and says 
well, because you saw the princess, you have to die. I, I, I feel like there should be, like, a disclaimer at the beginning of the job to be like, oh, by the way, once you see the princess, we're obligated to kill you. I feel like that's, that's a very key point that they kind of, like, didn't throw out there. I think they, I think they wanted to kill him so that way they didn't have to, they didn't have to pay him all the gold. Yeah, I mean, I in those soap, I get that, but at the same in time, soap, like, well, see, what really happened, and let's be honest here, what really happened with the scene is they were writing this out, and they were like, wait a second, we have a whole scene without a fight? No, <laughs> we can't do this. We can't have a whole scene without a, some violence happening. So how can we have violence in this? But so wait, I've already used a lot of swords. You know what? Let's bring in some guns. Let's just bring in an absurd amount of guns for one dude. Yeah, it's and we'll be, make it very Looney Tunes because they'll just surround him everywhere. And I'm just can't. Look, I, I don't know what the plan okay. was because if he started attacking, like a lot of people would die because guns are kind of inaccurate, especially in that time period. And they're not like in a line. They've surrounded him in an like, almost full circle. So if anybody it, misses, somebody's having a bad time. It's fine. They're disposable. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a cartoon, John. They're not real. Shh, I can dream. No tigers were harmed in the making of this cartoon. <laughs> just, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. <laughs> <laughs> and like, look, yeah, like it doesn't make any. It doesn't make any other sense. So they, they talk about like honor, like it's all for honor, and we can't let you see the princess and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, well, like. You know, this guy did the, it's it's, simp- it's a simple job. He did this job for them. He he brought her back. They paid him like it's it's an all an honorable transaction. You know, if anything, would have been like a seppuku on somebody's end on their end. Not let's kill the guy that saved our princess. Well, I think they're also like they're probably butthurt because they <laughs> could save the princess. We had to hire outside help to save her. So maybe it's like an honor thing of, oh, we personally failed. Yeah, but you think, I, I would think, and again, I'm not like an expert, you know, Japanese culture, but you think that would involve like seppuku on on their end, mm-hmm. like somebody, one of their leaders. But it, I guess it just, it, it really comes down to, we, we have a scene that without a fight, we have to fix this. Let's just make up some bullshit about honor or you've seen the princess and we have to make them fight. I think I think yeah. it was less about like a, a lack of honor and more of like no one can know about this. If this gets out, we're finished. We can't let anybody know. Yeah, and I guess like because at this point the sword is also still with you know Dogen of the North Star, right? Or or the the, <laughs> the female ninjas. I think they got the away women, with that. Yeah, the women ninjas. Oh yeah. So like the shinobi have the sword, but are the shinobi necessarily affiliated with the main group? No, I think they're their own separate entity. I think I think they mentioned that the, the shinobi are the Koga clan, you know, their actual historical ninja clan. I don't recall them linking the Koga with whatever the main group was. But again, at that point, my eyes were kind of glossing over. <laughs> so, at that point, you realize the story doesn't really matter. But but don't worry, our hero is saved by the princess, who of course has fallen madly in love with him. Luckily, our princess runs in and screams, Stop! Stop! And basically says, like, if you want to kill him, you have to kill me. And everyone... 
What a twist. And everyone's like, no, no, we can't have this. And they're like, fine. We're going to let you live, and we'll give you your money. But our hero, this is a very stoic metaphor of, like, if you, if you, uh, was it? If, if you hit a dog, it won't come to you anymore or something like that. If you throw a stone at a stray dog in the street, it'll never take food from you again. Yeah, something like that. And um, then we have a weird random scene that comes out of nowhere where it looks like we've been transported to hell. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Where I don't think it's Dogen, but it's the same voice actor as Dogen, where mm -hmm. he basically is having sex with like eight women that are draped around his body. And he he goes, Oh my god, the tiger, one of the four <laughs> symbols of God, are is now dead. And he basically is um, spewing like a Bond villain of like, soon the war will commence. <laughs> yeah, and then like the uh, the bodyguard slash assassin from earlier crosses paths with a uh, 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 sumo guy. And uh, basically they both like, oh yeah, we both killed a lot of people. We're probably going to have to deal with each other in the future. Cool. All right. I'll see you next episode. <laughs> I'll see you next episode. <laughs> go, go to credits. <laughs> basically, basically, I that was that was pretty jarring. Not gonna oh. lie, just that how it just just abruptly ends. But before I get your thoughts, well, actually, no. Let me get your thoughts on Sword of Truth in general. Okay. Um, it is. I think I agree with you, Bill. It is definitely uh amongst uh the room as far as anime goes. One of those "it's so bad, it's good" kind of things. Um, if you're looking for something ridiculous and you're not really trying to find something that's good for like the plot, like this, this is just a fun train wreck to watch. It's it's just got it's got boobies. It's got gratuitous amounts of violence. It's got plenty of absurdities to just keep you entertained for the next 45 minutes so if you're trying to look for a cohesive story you're better off looking somewhere else but if you're looking for a good time watch the dub it's it's quality to garbage <laughs> how about yourself Tobias yeah I kind of agree with that for the most part uh, I, I do like the comparison to the room I feel like they're both pretty awful in execution, but they do have very memetic uh, aspects to their awfulness that do make it entertaining to some degree, which uh, you know, pretty much as John so eloquently said, uh, due to the you know, the dub just kind of makes it kind of goofy in a way. The, uh, the gratuitous violence is really the reason you're watching it, the actual decent part. Uh, to that regard, it really doesn't quite live up to Ninja Scroll. I feel like Ninja Scroll has uh, all of that but better. But mm. if you're into that kind of like action and that story and the sort of, if you want to watch something, you know, so bad, it's good kind of thing, then yeah, I'd say give it a watch. It's only about 40, 50 minutes, I think in total. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's only not, 40. Yeah. It's only like 45 minutes. Yeah. So it's not a huge time investment. Uh, so you can still go check it out without worrying. And there's about, only one, there's only one you got to worry about. But yeah. guys, 
I know you're probably sad that we never got a second episode, but I have an alternative. Uh-oh. There is a live action movie. <laughs> oh God, Bill. <laughs> yes, it's true. Called Legend of the Dragon. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> it it doesn't. I ha- I have seen the live action movie because that's that's how far my love of Sword for Truth goes. <laughs> now I I have to say the live action movie is very disappointing compared to Sword for Truth the anime. Aww. It's not as fun though. There is two great things about the live action movie. One, it was released here by Central Park Media back Mm. in the early 2000s under their Asian pulp cinema label where they would release cheap, pulpy Japanese films. Like an example of another film they put out was The Bondage Master. (laughs) Oh? Where the the tagline of The Bondage Master is his hands are tied. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, but back to the live action movie. So the, <laughs> the, the two great things about it are there is a dub for it. And oh, they dubbed that? Yes, they did. Oh, wow. And the great thing is it has a notable voice actor. Dan Green, aka the voice of Yugi of Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. Get out of here. As Shirana Sukisakiki. Oh no. So he's great. <laughs> and second, now this is a live action movie. We don't really have a budget. So instead of a tiger, what could we do instead? You, you Bill, this better be to... good. This better be yes. good, Bill. You want, you want to throw out any... It's, it's, it's got to be a person dressed up like a tiger. No, it's not. It is a black sumo wrestler in white garb that has tiger face paint on, and he's just growling, going... Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that just screams production value right yeah. there. Japan. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> Japan, no. <laughs> so, Ooh. Yeah, the rest of the movie is not that memorable like it takes some pulpy elements from other things like there's like a temple and it's got a temple of doom type of vibe but mm. it's not as it's not as fun as the anime so i would just recommend to everyone go watch sword for truth no one cares about the rights for this thing because it's on YouTube, it's been on there for like three to four years now. If if it's not been a if it's not been a year, the licensor does not care. <laughs> um, and I hope, even though we we pretty much talked about everything in Sword of Truth, that you, dear listener, would want to go. I can't believe that this movie is that bad bad shit crazy. Um, I need to check this movie out for myself, and I hope you enjoy it. Absolutely. I know that I'm sure we all did to some extent. I think you, Bill, more than the, than us two, but it was still it was still a good ride. I don't regret watching that. 
I, yeah, I would say like this is my guilty pleasure of anime. I think this is a better <laughs> this is this is a better guilty pleasure than some other shows. <laughs> I, I will say that Sword for Truth will increase your appreciation for every other anime ever made, <laughs> and it'll also it'll also make you appreciate Funimation dubs and how mm. <laughs> they have. People complain that Funimation gets the same voice actors over and over again, but they can actually act <laughs> like the people in the Monkey UK dub, which that's it's not their fault. They were they were probably very new to uh, anime at the time and didn't really know how to approach it. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Bill? You don't want to see like the crazy snake lady? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go see the crazy snake lady. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd uh, really want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, wow. that that in a nutshell, if if we can call it a nutshell, is <laughs> sort of, it's it's sort of for truth, a, a masterpiece of pulpy, so bad it's good anime cinema, a classic, uh, anime of its time and fun for the whole family yeah so some family that, since we're nearing <laughs> the end, why don't we go out with some plugs all where, right if if any if anyone was enthralled by our conversation where can any of our dear listeners check any of you guys out well, I know I am on Tumblr and Twitter I uh, do Tumblr a little bit more often and I'll occasionally bump around on Twitter depending on uh, how uh, uh, saucy I feel for the day but um, Tumblr's I'm much more active there uh, the gentle the gentle Jan is my handle as you most of you most might know by now um, Tobias uh, you go by reference Tobias is that right yep I'm on Twitter as usual way too much <laughs> uh, at, at reverend underscore Tobias and I am WB Foreman 999 uh, at on Twitter, um, I love my Twitter handle because it's the perfect example of an AOL screen name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so, if you also enjoy our content, go check out our past episodes. We've done stuff on romance. We did an episode recently on Devilman Crybaby. Um, we've also write really good articles on thirdimpactanime.wordpress.com which I highly recommend and if you like us, give us a rating on iTunes or on the Google Play Store that also really helps as well. Again, you can find Third Impact um, on other social media uh, on top of the WordPress at Facebook, Third Impact Anime and also at Twitter at TI underscore anime Yeah, and uh, we also do video games as well. Ryan and I do our two guys in video game segment uh, where we've actually Got one coming up pretty soon that we're going to be doing on Monster Hunter. So uh, check that one out coming up soon. Boy. Ooh, you can talk about how it's so addicting. You just cannot leave the couch. Uh, from from everything I've I've read and watched about Monster Hunter, it's it's you just can't stop. Listen, you don't want to start me on Monster Hunter right now. We're already getting close to an hour, and I could easily go on for another two just on that topic alone. So I'm going to save that for the podcast <laughs> yeah, episode. I think we'll have to bring Ryan in on that. And let <laughs> you guys just talk yeah, he'd be forever. he'd be very uh, upset if I just went off without him. I I, I don't I don't want to make uh, 
get Ryan to miss out on the Monster Hunter talk. So f- from everyone at Third Impact Anime, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll catch you later. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys.